All right, welcome back to another episode of the Our Denver Broncos podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm joined by my co-host, Uppercut of Justice. Broncos Uber Alice. The Our Denver Broncos podcast. Yep. Uh, we are joined today by uh, the first guest, or one of the first guests that we ever had. He was uh, joined us for our first episode. Had an awesome uh, breakdown of the Nikki Javala article for the athletic on the uh denver broncos ownership situation uh the denver d himself dave how you doing i'm doing good good how are you guys doing good good uh we're also joined today by waylon on fools for the second episode uh waylon last time you were on you claimed that i was dead and buried in a shallow grave this is uh this is true unless I, unless you're like a federal authority, in which case I don't know what you're talking about. You already admitted to it. So if we can uh, get through this episode with my person intact and very much alive, that would be appreciated. I would enjoy that. I got you. (laughs) What are we talking about, Aaron? Aaron, Aaron, what are we talking about? We're talking about probably the biggest news so far in camp, or ahead of camp even. Well, uh, it was until all of the pileup injuries today. Right, today, Thursday the 20th, was a little bit of a, a yikes day for injuries. Uh, but prior to today, the most glaring omission from camp was uh, right tackle Juwan James. Juwan James opted out of the 2020 season. This means that he gets a $150,000 salary this year. That's deducted from uh, his salary next year, which will be the same as what his salary this year should have been. So that's not confusing, right? You guys follow that, okay? Mm-hmm. So oh, this is divisive, to say the least. Um, maybe it's not even divisive. It seems like most folks are uh, not too pleased about James opting out. And I got to say, I don't have a lot of patience for people who are uh, going to be calling out Juwan James, going to be talking about how he's soft or whatever. There's a pandemic. It's killing people. Our country is not doing what it should have done a long time ago to stop the spread of this thing. And I don't blame anybody for trying to stay safe from it. I agree. Um, It is a compounding effect. It seems with anybody who is upset at him um, for what they perceived as, as you said, softness from last year, uh, even though it seems maybe the team was throwing him a little bit under the bus. Yeah, that's definitely an issue too. Uh, James came out and, in a, an interview with Nikki Javala, talked about the actual physical, tangible structure damage in his knee. And I don't, I, I have some serious problems with the team and coaching staff throwing him under the bus and saying, well, he, he can play, so we just don't know what's wrong with him. I have a lot of issues with uh, the perception and the handling of Juwan James throughout our fan base and the media. But, Aaron, he hasn't played, and he's not going to play again. And what does that mean for the right tackle position going forward? That means uncertainty. (laughs) That means that, yeah, we're stuck here with a a huge question mark at 
right tackle. So this, it's a it's a problem of how are we going to fill this? How you know what are the Broncos going to do to address this situation? Dave, um, what is the severity you would you would give to this situation with with James opting out? Like, do you do you think this is something that is going to be a huge factor, or is this something like we saw last year at the end of uh, at the end of the season with Locke being able to help the O line out a little bit with his mobility? Do you think this is as big as uh, as I'm convincing myself to catastrophize it is? So. I think it's pretty severe with Juwan James being out, but not not life-ending or season-ending for the Broncos because they already dealt with this last season. The players that filled in for James are coming back for a second season, so they're they're going to be ready to go again. My biggest problem with this is how the organization handled everything. You went with a player in free agency last year that has never finished a season due to injury, which, you know, isn't necessarily his fault at all. Um, But you went with that player. And then knowing that he missed all last season with an injury, knowing at that point in April that this pandemic was very real and that players, you know, could potentially opt out, you drafted a second wide receiver with your second pick and with your second pick overall in the draft. Um, When you already had drafted a wide receiver, and it just seems like poor planning on the organization's part to to try to rely on this player who, who again, through no fault of his own, has missed seasons, or who you knew, you know, if you're keeping up on your players, the reason he's opting out is because he has a newborn baby. He has a, a baby at home that he wants to take care of. And knowing all that, knowing about the pandemic, you still opted for a luxury pick at a wide receiver position um, when there were several other options, especially at the tackle position available. Uh, so that's my biggest problem with it is just poor planning on the organization's part, which I think reflects poorly for the future of this team overall, rather than, I mean, overall, rather than just this season, I guess. Dave, I love you. Uh, all of that was brilliant and correct. Um, luxury pick, that's my favorite part. But it is true. And I, yeah, I think going forward, we can all pretty much, we're, we have an understanding that any criticism of James is not criticism of his person. It is the very real fact that he doesn't play a lot through no fault of his own, as you said, but he doesn't play. Um, and as a contributor to the Broncos, I think that's how we're going to continue talking about him from here on out. But yeah, everything you said, the luxury pick, that's correct. I just want to keep harping on that. Aaron, do you, do you love Dave? I, yes, I have nothing to say. I, I, I want to just, just standing ovation. It was, it was beautiful. Do you, Dave, though? Do you think, because there are some players that are you know, very pivotal, and you could, you could scratch games off of a calendar with their absence. Um, do you think James being gone is a full game's worth, or a full loss? Do you think we could chalk one, at least one loss up to James not being there? I think you could probably chalk two up with Joey Bosa and the Chargers. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be a fun thing to watch, especially the out of camp right now. His replacement or his current replacement, um, the penciled in guy is, is, is Wilkinson is really struggling against Von Miller and, you know, it's Von Miller, but as you said, Joey Bosa, 
you've got to be able to go up against elite talent because that's pretty much all he's going to face uh, for at least six games. Or four games. I don't know about the Raiders situation right now. Yeah, the Raiders have a couple of good pass rushers too. They're not quite they're not quite on par with the Broncos and Chargers pass rushers, but we'll get to see will the return of Shaq to see if uh, he can replicate. Oh, that's right. We're going up against Tampa Bay this year, so we'll see Shaq Barrett again. Hey. This is gonna be a long year. <laughs> well, Considering that all of the stuff that has happened that we all agree is bad management has happened. It's in the past. We can't do anything about it. Do you think the way they're going about it now is the best way they could have gone about it? Hiring of uh, DeMar Dotson and um, letting him get used to the playbook and climb up the positional rankings, hopefully, um, and have Wilkinson? Or do you think there's something more they could have done? I think of tackles available, DeMar Dotson was the best available. Um, he started 15 games last year, played 100, excuse me, 1,045 snaps, um, did allow 10 penalties, which has been a problem on our offensive line, um, but only allowed five sacks, had a PFF grade of 71. Um, he is 35 years old, though. I think we're going to, this season, probably truly learn how much we value holding calls over sacks to our young quarterback. Uh, so maybe we'll get some of that some more. Do you expect, like, if he doesn't, if DeMar Dotson doesn't break into the starting role and they, they're with Wilkinson, do you expect them to entertain trades of some of some kind? I could see them trying to move Philip Lindsay, potentially, if, you know, the season's not going the way they want. Um, he's up you, for, you, a, keep, you know... You keep climbing higher in Upperson's and I... book. <laughs> Wait, for Lindsay? Yeah, get rid of Lindsay. You, you know, oh, I, I don't advocate getting a... rid of Lindsay at all. I, I love think, Philip Lindsay. I don't think I've ever advocated for getting rid of. I just think it's going to be an almost inevitable conclusion if 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 the Shermer offense takes its uh, its form as it has in the past with right. um, Melvin Gordon. And I mean, I'd be a little bit satisfied with the just being correct um but i don't want philip Lindsay to go away waylon how are you feeling about right tackle um right tackle i i wasn't super critical i mean i agreed that you know juan james had to do um what was best for him and his family i mean i was excited to have him come back and hopefully be healthy physically and mentally this year and you know ready to uh contribute a lot but um from everything I've seen of Demar Dotson, um, I, you know I'm excited to have him. He How seems. Many... Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, you. you... Oh, just uh, he's enough of a veteran that um, hopefully he can you know step up and bolster the line, and uh, maybe get everyone else who has you know had issues to step up as well. I think coupled with Mike Munchak, that's a really good combination. I'm very curious because you mentioned that he's uh you mentioned his uh that he's a veteran and that he's been in the league for a long time. I think Dave you mentioned he's 35 years old. Uh he's the oldest player on the roster right now. Is that true? Yeah, I had to look it up. Oh, that's um, wild. Well, I guess so. I I I don't know why I thought like K-Jax is a little older, but I guess he's Kareem not. Jackson's 32. So Holy shit, Von Miller is the third oldest player on the team. Oof. That's wild. 
We got a young team, guys. I mean, I think that's exciting. Oh, I do too. Um, if everybody pans out and Drew Locke doesn't die. <laughs> True. But it, we well, know he won't die from bowls. <laughs> but we we what he might die is from pressure up the middle and pressure on his right side. I was going to say, I think that kind of boils down to who we end up putting in at center. And I mean, you know, there's, I guess, not contention around that, but there's a lot of, it's not a for sure thing by any means yet from what I've seen. Well, we can we can pivot to that a little bit, Dave. Uh, what do you think of the? What did you think of the Lloyd Cushenberry pick at the time? I thought it was a great pick at the time. Um, I thought he was the best, you know, offensive line person available um, at that pick. So I thought it was a good pick. Of, I just wish we would have addressed the offensive line overall a lot sooner in the draft than we're doing. But I think he's got good talent, and I just don't know if he can start center here oh no that's uh that's a bit disheartening um from what i from what i've gathered uh paying attention to the the media reporting around the training camps is that he's been with the twos more or less the whole time and today he started getting some snaps with the ones um but i'm not sure and aaron i think i told you this earlier i'm not sure how much stock i want to put into draft picks getting chances to rotate in with the ones um if it's a consistent thing i'll be much more happy but i don't want to go ahead and say like we saw him with the ones today it means that lloyd cushionberry has made the final step and he shall be the center right yeah getting a guy a little bit of familiarity is not it's not a thing until it becomes a thing you know a couple snaps on one day doesn't mean he's arrived it's also hard to tell because Fangio seems uh, perpetually unsatisfied. <laughs> well, so you're it, kind of funny. You're coming to us from Atlanta, but you are uh, probably the best uh, training camp insider that we've got because you handle the uh, training camp threads every day for the subreddit. And I'm there. Mag magnificent job, by the way. Yeah, I'm there, though. If you look yeah. closely, I've spiderwebbed myself into the field goal posts. <laughs> that raises some questions that I am just, I'm going to move on. We don't have time for them. We don't have time <laughs> for those questions. <laughs> it's another episode and another superpower added. It's to... another, it's another podcast entirely. <laughs> um, you creep me out with the spiderweb thing. I lost what I was saying. How does it compare? How does uh, Lloyd Cushenberry's reps uh, you know, with ones, twos versus threes. Um, how does that compare with other rookies? I mean, I we've seen Jerry Judy moving around quite a bit, uh, working with with all three um, uh, strings. Well, I, I would say, um, and I hope other people come in and tell me I'm wrong or just speaking directly out of my ass. Um, I feel like Jerry Judy was going to be penciled in to as many one reps as possible and it doesn't even have to have been jerry judy i feel like the first round pick was always going to be there uh unless they had any amount of um depth or chance of a different starter in that role uh jerry judy's just being put everywhere and that's for the sake of reps that's not even because they're like well maybe he needs some twos or threes practice no he's just getting reps he's just getting as familiar with the playbook as humanly possible um, Hamler was getting a fair amount of looks with the ones. 
and so maybe that blows my thing out a little bit. Uh, but was was Cushenberry the third pick, or was that Ojemudia? I think it was Ojemudia. Ojemudia hasn't, um, as far as I can tell, hasn't been consistently with the ones. He's mostly been with the twos and a little bit with the threes. And Lloyd Cushenberry has been consistently with the twos. What I think is more interesting, though, is that there hasn't been a consistent center at the one. It's been a full, pretty even rotation of Austin Schlotman, Jake Rogers, and um, Morrissey. So that doesn't really... For center, it doesn't make sense to try to move them around just to get them as many reps as they can, because there's only one center on any snap. I mean, that makes sense to me. I don't know. So, <laughs> how how does it compare to uh, maybe uh, Alberto Quaybunam's snaps, since there's more depth at center? I mean, at a uh, tight end, it might be a little more analogous to center. Well, uh, for, again, these are observations. I'm I'm trying to like paint by numbers a mosaic of what's actually happening because I'm not getting a lot of video. I'm not getting a full like uh, narrated tweet uh, to tell me what's going on. But Albert O also brings something that a center couldn't, which is relief for a similar player. Um, he is. At this point, for as far as I can tell, just a Noah Fant Jr. Yeah, he's, okay. He's a big, speedy, uh, go-up-and-get-it threat. He's um, he's getting a lot of looks in end-zone work, and he seems to be doing super well. He's just you know not a blocking tight end, just like Noah Fant. Um, so I don't know if it's correct to compare those two. I don't know how to compare anything. I also don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So can I ask a question while we're on the subject of Please. tight ends? Please. Um, Please ask me a question. Um, happy to then. Uh, I've seen that Butt might be healthier. Healthy, healthier. Health, See, healthy. what you're doing right now is you're going to send me into a sadness spiral of, oh. of, of Butt not making the team. I mean, that was going to be my question is, do you think he makes it and... My heart says yes, but the facts and evidence say no. And the insider says no. The Yeah, Eric Dalala, when he did his uh, AMA on Monday, said more or less no. Oh, I didn't read. I saw part of that. I did not read the whole thing, so maybe. Though Nick Vanett was not in concussion protocol at that point, which he is today, so maybe. I don't know. But Nick Vanett was paid $2.5 million. Are we talking about tight ends right now? Yeah, we're talking tight ends right now. Not anymore. <laughs> Dave, who's your best guess to start at center? I mean, is your money on Cushenberry or is it on the field? I would say just for the the draft status of it, it should be Cushenberry. Um, again, just to the player, I think Fangio and Munchak really like Austin Schlotman, who they had last year. He he played some snaps. I think he started four games. Um, so if if there is any difference, if Schlotman is even slightly better than Cushenberry throughout this training camp, then I could see Schlotman starting the season as our starter. Maybe not finishing, um, but I could see Schlotman being the starting center game one. Do you think that's a good choice? Do you do you forego a little bit of talent, which I guess this in this case talent means protection of the quarterback, um, for the chance to give live game experience to somebody who has a higher ceiling 
I guess it's probably a good call if he's a little bit better just to protect Locke. Um, and as long as they continue to develop Cushion Bear, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, this team hasn't been great about developing players if they're not starting. Mm-hmm. That is true. Which, I mean, could be different with Munchak. He's real good at developing players. David DeCastro, multi-time pro bowler under Munchak. He was on the squad before he showed up. Um, Munchak gives me hope that they would develop Cushionberry a little bit better than they have developed other players, but I think it is uh interesting to see that uh if they're you know if they're continuing to take looks at Schlotman and Morris and uh Jake Rogers. I don't want to say it's oh is it Morrissey? No, but it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, got you. Um I think it's not necessarily heartening, but I think it is interesting to see that they're continuing to take a look at practice squad guys who got called up out of necessity and then weren't horrible. You know what I mean? Like, there's something there, I think, that maybe Fangio and Munchak see that's worth investing the time in and developing those three. And maybe they can move around and bolster the line a little bit, if need be. Well, um, so the season starts... Uh, September 10th, and the first Broncos game is the 14th. So we're, I don't know how many days are in August, and I'm not going to look. But I'm going to go ahead and say we're 27 days away from Broncos game. Uh, From the little we do know collectively about DeMar Dotson, do we think that he will be able to rise through the ranks uh, and learn pick up the the playbook quick enough to be the starting right tackle come season start or is that something that might have to wait a minute from yeah, what well, it I mean, seems like oh go ahead well i was just going to say dotson's in a in a weird spot because uh on the one hand he has the benefit of having played i think it's like 15 seasons in the nfl to this point it can't be that many he's not old enough for that but He's played many years in the NFL. Uh, he knows his way around a playbook. I don't know how different one offensive coordinator's pass protections can be from another. I'm not familiar with offensive line play, and I'm sure there will be a lot of people telling me that I'm wrong on this. Well, the but it seems like, yeah, yeah, 14 is gonna gonna give me a what for. But at the end of the day, it's don't let somebody get to the quarterback, right? Um, I feel like I have no... This is the Sunny meme. I'm trying not to verbatim it. I have no means to dispute what you're saying, but I feel like it's really wrong. Yeah, it probably... You know what? Just cut that. At, at, the, at the very <laughs> least, I feel like it's super reductionist. It It is definitely reductionist. I won't argue that. But what I'm trying to say is... He's been in the league for a long time, and I think that will be a benefit for him. Um, You're saying experience is good. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> trimming that down for me. Oh yeah, my it's good that he is a, a teenage years starter, and that should be to his advantage, but we also don't know the complexity of changing up schemes, especially with a truncated off season, which he is also, or a training camp at least, 
he is also having a truncation of that truncated offseason. Right. So th- I think long time ago, the original question is, do we think he starts? I think if everyone stays healthy, you could see DeMar Dots eventually take over for Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles? At, oh, at that's interesting. Half. You, I mean, you came spicy with the draft that night. That's a spicy take, too. I, I could see if Garrett Bowles, you know, starts the season, we get through, you know, five or six games, and he has 10 holding calls, has allowed, you know, a whole bunch of sacks, whatever. I could see DeMar Dotson getting moved over to left tackle. That'd be wild. That'd be a, uh, is that even a nuclear? I guess if, if you're putting the 30-some-odd-year-old veteran and who came in with a truncation of a truncation at left tackle, which is, if not quality, at least consistency of somebody being there who gives up more than he should but also will hold instead of giving up a sack a lot of the time. That's a crazy thing. But... We can we can use that and go the nuclear option, the wait, everything. Wait, 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 wait. First, I, first I want to ask, how bad does Garrett Bowles have to do to to be worse than Elijah Wilkinson? That's a really good question. I mean, it it, it has to be more than penalties at that point, right? We're talking about Bowles taking penalties and Drew Locke getting hammered, especially considering he had penalties. He he racked up a bunch of Demar Dotson racked up a bunch of penalties. I think I think Dave just likes throwing wrenches at stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely it's definitely possible that I'm I'm just throwing wrenches. In. Um, we're not professional. This isn't going out. We don't have standards to uphold <laughs> uphold ourselves to. This is fans talking over a Discord channel. I just think if Garrett Bowles shows no room of improvement. And like we mentioned, the team's not doing well and we see some pieces get moved. I mean, you could see Garrett Bowles bench, you could see Garrett Bowles traded, and then you're starting to Mardot at left half. And in that this scenario, is... the f- you can go, Waylon. I was just, this is like a worst case scenario, right? Like, this is a, a we're cat- catastrophizing, is that? Catastrophizing. Catastrophizing, sorry. Uh, everybody's got to learn words sometime i think you did better <laughs> than i would have waylon oh thank you i mean is this the worst case scenario there's scenarios there's scenarios in which like the center isn't doing well or right tackle is so abysmal that they're like we have to put in like moody or somebody and move reisner over to right tackle and i guess demar dotson demar dotson and reisner being your bookends there with um an injury prone rookie one veteran and whatever practice squad player got called up. I don't like this. <laughs> that does wow. not exactly fill me with hope. That that would be like a nuclear option. That would be end of times in Broncos country. Imagine that. You have to bench or get rid of Garrett Bowles. You have uh, DeMar Dotson at left tackle, Natani Muti at left guard. I don't know who. I let's. We're I would going imagine, doom and gloom. I let's would say imagine. It's... I would imagine Glasgow would be pushed to center in this scenario. Well, then who plays right guard? Schlotman, uh or 
any of the other people, I guess. Uh, mm. Maybe maybe Wilkinson is so bad on the edge. Oh, that's right. Wilkinson Wilkinson is a guard. Yeah. And then you throw Reisner out at right tackle. Oh, man. And, and nobody has practiced these for anything. What This sounds horrifying, and I don't like thinking about it, and I don't like that anybody <laughs> brought it up or led me to this point. Um, but what is now? It's far almost far? like the Broncos should have addressed the offensive line a little bit better. I was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an even better one, Dave. What is the next offseason like if this is the case? What, what do they have to do, and what are they going to do? I feel like one more wide receiver in the draft, the high rounds, I feel like that is actually the key. So, I mean, I have, like, two kind of question kind of points about all of that. I think, I don't expect, I expect, like, was it just, like, the Big Ten that hasn't canceled their season yet? I think there's one other conference that hasn't. Has the SEC canceled? I was just gonna, I think that complicates the hunt for more you know, uh, offensive line talent because you're not going to be able to get as good of a look at guys without a season as you would have normally, uh, you know, or like with a very limited season. Um, coupled with the fact you're going to have a lot of guys who, because there's no season this year, are skipping what would have been another year of experience and, you know, more tape to just declare for the draft. So, I mean, it's kind of a gamble with that. And then I think the other question is, what wide receivers do we roll with into this season? And then depending on how well they do, who else do we go for? Is any of that valid wait, or makes sense? Wait, wait. Why are you asking about wide receivers? Because you said a wide receiver early next year, facetiously. All right. Well, I mean, we can address it. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was facetious. I'm sorry. I completely rolled with that. <laughs> it's cool. No, I like it. Um, I legitimately I thought you were being sincere. I, I'm sorry. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> no, we all gotta, we all gotta not pick up on my sarcasm sooner or later. Um, but what, what, Dave? Uh, what could you, could you quickly, Waylon, um, and Aaron? And Chris is still here too. Um, Waylon, could you repeat your first question real quick? Like, sum it down. I was trying to wrap my head around why you were talking about wide receivers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, we were just talking about like the the tackle situation. I think an issue with what they do next off season is you're gambling on guys who didn't play this season and. Like, you don't have, you know, a lot of uh, tape on them or a lot of ability to judge how good they are um, necessarily. And then you also have a lot of guys who are just going to skip, I mean, with this absence of a season uh, for the most part this year, you're going to have a lot of guys just uh, declaring for the draft maybe earlier than they would have. So I think it's a gamble mm-hmm. on what they do next offseason with regards to offensive line talent. I don't think there's any there's going to be anybody that is a standout necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just the that's just what's got to happen. Like that's the nature of of the the climate we're in is that yeah. things things aren't normal and trying uh, aggressively to to like 
return anything to a semblance of fairness for these, you know, truly unfortunate, you know, students and and uh, some NFL players who are losing a year. It. I feel like we're just going to have to get to a point where we all shrug a little bit and go, we feel very bad, but it it just kind of sucks for you. Yeah, I concur. Yeah, next next offseason is going to be really interesting because we're obviously dealing with the uncertainty of not only college football, but even the NFL. Like, who knows if it's if we're going to get the full season? People like to reduce the NFL draft to a crapshoot. And I think that's going to be more true next year <laughs> than it ever has been. Yeah. So the big question I want about the future is for Dave. Whenever the next draft is held, will you please record yourself during the first first couple of rounds in case they don't take offensive line? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I'd very much like to see that. I had some feelings and words out this this last draft when Hamler's name came up. It was a fun time. Take take us in the way back machine, Dave, and, and tell us what your reaction was uh, when Hamler was picked. It was mostly just befuddlement, I guess would be a good word. <laughs> I, I didn't understand the pick. I I, I thought I, maybe I had missed something and they didn't actually get Jerry Judy the day before and they had traded him and needed another wide receiver. I, I just didn't understand the reasoning behind the pick. And nothing against Hamler. I mean, I think he's, he's going to be a good player. But there were just so many other positions of need and so many other players available that I don't think you needed to take. I mean, if you wanted a second right receiver, you didn't have to take him in the second. Chase Claypool, Denzel Mims, who we had go in the first round in our in our mock draft, um, was still available late. KJ didn't Hill. Our mock, didn't our mock have Denzel Mims as the first wide receiver it, off it was, the board? That was Chris. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so there were just other options, and I just did not understand. And then, and then they went and picked Michael O.J. Moodya, which I didn't understand either. Thank um, you. To oh, me, that pick just feels like another Isaac Yadam pickup. Oh, that's that's not a good. That's not a compliment at all. Uh, but we are kindred, you and I. As all of these thoughts and feelings were going through my head, except I was a little bit drunk. I don't know if you were drunk, but I was a little bit drunk and on a microphone. So you did record yourself. We have it. For oh no, we were just having we were just having like a, a community chat thing. Like <laughs> it was and, fun though. Me and Aaron and Aaron's wife and like Indy, I think was there. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't a large group at all, but it was. Uh, it was funny though because as we were closing on that pick, one of us I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, "Wouldn't it be funny if we took another receiver?" Oh no! Someone jinxed it. And then, well, then we kind of talked ourselves into Mims. It was like, well, maybe this would make sense. Of course, I don't it. think so, but he wouldn't be the bad pick. And then they picked KJ Hamler. We got a punt returner in the second round. And it, it was just a meltdown on uh on that Friday night. It's good times. We like we've discussed this ad nauseum though. <laughs> I mean, I'll never get tired of complaining about the things I'm upset about. We won't get tired of complaining, but people might get tired of listening to it. People who listens. I think it's funny, uh, if I may, just reminds me um, the the jinx kind of with picking another receiver. And then reminds me of a couple of years ago when we re-signed Brock. 
And somebody in the subreddit was like, hey, before it happened, hey, what if they brought back Osweiler? And then like an hour later, he replied. He was just like, <laughs> in all caps, oh, God, no, it was a joke. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Simpler times. So do you think, Dave, that they do the right thing and aggressively address the offensive line in the offseason slash draft? If this ends up as like a, a 5-11, and 4-12 and 12 season, I think they have to. If they finish 9-7, and 10-6, I could potentially see them re-signing Garrett Bowles and just rolling with what they have. That's terrifying. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I don't. I know a lot of people like to to bask in the dying sheen of our Super Bowl season, but man, it's been five years. It's been five years, and a lot six. of the things. Has it been six years? Like seasons, six six attempts or six chances to address all the stuff no. that's wrong. I'm sorry. No, this I think will it's been be five. Fifth. Yeah, this will be five. Because that um, was the 2015 season. And it and it Rolled seems over. like and it seems like so much of the things that we like were like accidents a little bit. Drew Locke being like, okay, well, we'll see if he stays around for the second round. We got him. Good for you. That's the luckiest shit I've ever seen in my life. And I'm glad it happened that way because you know the draft hall became better for it. But man, we didn't. We had nothing. <laughs> and he was like, I'm fine with risking nothing until the second round. Oh no. I've been, I'm morose. I've been morosed by this conversation. <laughs> Aaron, bring us to joy. Okay. Can I take a shot at it real quick, Aaron? At joy? At joy? Yeah, yeah. As long as, you know, we're not going to keep piling on Uppercut's dismay over the past. Oh, no, not at all. I think just something, because uh, he mentioned Drew Locke, and I like Drew Locke a lot. I was just some. This is not an original thought, but I think it is something to keep in mind: is that his ability to extend plays, and also just to get the ball off and make some of the throws, kind of that we saw him make. You know, five games that he started uh, at the end of last season, that doesn't necessarily make the line any less important at all. But it me it it does take a little bit of pressure off of them. They don't need to stop a pass rush for many seconds, you know, for Joe Flacco to stand there mechanically and try and put something together. So how right. would you rank how would you rank Russell Wilson in terms of active quarterbacks? Top ten, definitely maybe top five. Maybe top five. Who are the no no. I'm gonna keep I, I uh, Chris says second best. Um, okay, who's who's your first? Well, I said Chris. I don't. I don't know. I'm not Chris. Um, oh no, I was asking. I was asking Chris. Sorry, <laughs> Mahomes. Um, ew. Yeah, but yeah, ew. But also, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> anyway, the point I was trying to make, which I assumed would be helped by you calling him more than a top ten, is that you, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks have like by the skin of their teeth achieved the postseason for the last couple of years, few years. And that's because Russell Wilson, maybe we can disagree, is excellent. Is, I would say, pretty, I'd be pretty comfortable putting him top five. Um, oh, yeah, no, there's no argument for me. I, I don't know why I said top ten. I don't try and fucking appeal to me. <laughs> this, this ain't the big sister, big pro brother program. I ain't taking you on a nature hike. 
but they the Seahawks have by the skin of their teeth been able to slink into the playoffs on the back of Russell Wilson because they refuse to protect him it seems or if they no they refuse after after Rashad Penny first it was Rashad Penny was the first rounder right yeah no yeah. they refused they took a stance they looked at Russell Wilson in his face and said no well um, what, what I don't understand about the Broncos having that same approach because the Broncos have for a couple of years now had that same approach um nope you know what I'm walking it back they, they haven't. <laughs> they've, they've tried, I guess, to get help. Uh, they just are looking in the wrong places, mm-hmm. like signing injury-prone Jawan James to an exorbitant contract. They did, they did good things this offseason to improve the interior of the line, but they didn't do anything to improve the tackle situation. They just uh, crossed their fingers and hoped that the two guys they had in place would magically get better or magically be reliable uh, players but it doesn't make sense you would think that john elway who suffered a lot of his career behind bad offensive lines and won super bowls behind great offensive lines would do more to uh, bolster the protection in front of a young quarterback does it feel like he's piecemealing more than he should it could be he's piecemealing a little bit but i also feel like he did have a good offensive line when he won those Super Bowls, but those Super Bowl win or those Super Bowl offensive lines, they were they were kind of piecemeal. Uh, Mark uh, Schlereth was a free agent they signed from the Redskins or the Washington Football Team. Now, um, Gary Zimmerman was a tackle, a Hall of Fame tackle, but they signed him from the Vikings. I don't remember the the right side of the line in that situation. I think Tom Malin though was their only true draft pick in on those Super Bowl lines. Everyone else was just kind of piecemeal and free agents that they, and good free agents, but not not pieces that had been drafted. They were pieces that Mike Shanahan found, plugged and played. And I, I kind of think that's the approach Elway's line is let's get a you know decent player in Graham Glasgow. Let's um draft a center. We had Paradis, we had McGovern. Now it seems like he wants Cushionberry. Um and then just figure out the rest in free agency sign James, we draft Risner, just because that's kind of how he's seen it work with the offensive line, even in his Super Bowl. So what you're saying is I'm full of it and don't know what I'm talking about. You just proved every uh, point I was trying to make totally wrong. <laughs> Thank you. So, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's important. It's good. Um, I'm, I'm here to learn, and people are here to listen to accurate stuff, but not just me pulling shit out of my ass. <laughs> Thank you. People. Do you think, Dave or Waylon, that this can be fixed by the people who allowed it to break? I think if Drew Locke turns into what everyone seems to think he can turn into, then the line I always hear on, on sports radio is, high tide raises all boats, something like that. I think he can raise every player or every you know mistake, quote-unquote, that... that the front office has made with different players. I think he can make everyone across the board look better and make the team itself look better, just like Russell Wilson has. I mean, Russell Wilson in that Super Bowl against the Patriots was throwing to Doug Baldwin, who was decent, but then a bunch of random randos. Um, the play that got them to the goal line was a throw to, I think, Jermaine Curse that he bobbled and got lucky with. So I think if you have a good quarterback and if Drew Locke can turn into what we expect him to be, 
then we're on the right course to getting everything corrected. If if Drew Locke can't stay healthy or, or isn't what we think he's going to be, then we're starting at ground zero again, trying to find a quarterback, trying to build around that quarterback. And so it really all comes down to what Drew Locke turned. Yeah, and somehow that was the most positive thing we've said tonight, which is good. <laughs> I ooze positivity. <laughs> do we want to? Do we want to kind of change over to that? I think we've all our grievances. We yeah, we've aired the grievances. We're gonna air. I don't think anyone's getting any happier over the future, <laughs> or at least the short term future. Does anybody have any last words on the O line before we maybe move it over to something? Like, we, we pass around the Thanksgiving table and say what we all uh, made us happy. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can, nothing, I can nothing makes me happy anymore. Uh, from, from the draft, I really liked the Jerry Judy pick. I thought that was a great pick. I, did, I didn't want to go offensive line. In wait, 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 though. Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb? Jerry Judy. You were so close, Dave. You were so close to a perfect. You were you were batting a thousand. Just he was going to have you replace me if you answered that one right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you got to go Jerry Judy in that situation. Uh, I mean, his I'll route running it. is just too important. I think. Um, I I see I see that situation that draft play out similar to the Demarius Thomas Des Bryant draft of wide receivers from the Broncos on the Cowboys, where you can make an argument that physically. Des Bryant is the better receiver, but just technique and everything else. I think Demarius Thomas had a much better career than Des Bryant did. That's nice to think about. And by all accounts, Jerry Judy is the real deal. Um, he seems to be, you know, picking up where he left off at Alabama and even excelling a little bit more now that he's in a he's in a situation with the caliber of players around him that's going to allow him to grow. Uh, which is a lot of the fear, I think. I think even John Elway said something to this extent about Alabama players, right, Aaron? If you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like Alabama players often, or at least according to the 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 rumor or the the belief, Alabama players are often already at their peak. I don't think I've heard that from Elway. Yeah, Elway said that. He definitely said it. Don't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask me to correct you when you're wrong. <laughs> well. Shut Which, <laughs> you know, may be true for most Alabama players, but wide receivers from Alabama seem to do pretty well in the I don't even know them all. I know Amari Cooper. God, I'm so bad at knowing players and football. Uh, I think Julio Jones was Alabama. Was he? Oh, Julio Jones? Because he lives in Atlanta, which is where I live. Um, there's a lake uh, near us called Lake Sydney Lanier that uh, never, never swim in Lake Sydney Lanier. You will die. <laughs> um, uh, we keep telling everybody, and every day I keep seeing new reports. Like uh, somebody never came up. Like why? Like well, because there's catfish with arms down there. Don't <laughs> swim in Lake Sydney Lanier. Uh, but yeah, he was jet skiing in 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 the lake and uh, lost a hundred thousand dollar stud. Oh my god! He hired scuba divers to find it, but they knew about the armed catfish. But yeah, that's my Julio Jones story. <laughs> it's a good story. Awesome, Newsom, uh, and yeah, Julio Jones, both wide receivers from Alabama. Was Ozzy Newsom a wide receiver? Slash tight end. Okay. And then we've got Ozzy Gruesome, the beat maker. Allegedly. Allegedly. But oh, yeah. Calvin, Calvin Ridley. 
I think we, I do think we have enough Alabama wide receivers named now. I was just googling it to see because I didn't know any either. Um, but yeah, it seems that Judy is the real deal and is excelling in ways that uh, are good for us uh, during training camp. So that's nice. What did you think of Tyree Cleveland? I mean, as a seventh round pick, I have an issue with him. Oh, that's Aaron's approach. Is that anything past the second round is basically like oh taking, shut up oh shut up <laughs> talent I, that is never what I said nowhere that's close what, to what I said that that's what you that is your take on Natane Muti uh, no yes it is my <sighs> your take on Natane Muti as I understand it is that you don't mind Natane Muti being taken over say a uh, a like later round ta- tackle or anything because it's a later round guy who has upside. Is that not your take? It's not exactly. It's not oh, nuance me, Aaron. <sighs> You've been riding this one for a couple days now. I know it brings me great joy. I bet it does. The Broncos needed depth along the entire offensive line. They picked an offensive lineman with high upside late in the draft. I'm not upset. I I wish they had taken a tackle earlier in the draft. I wouldn't really give a shit if they took a tackle that late. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Munchak's track record, uh, a sixth-round tackle could turn out to be another Villanueva. He could, he could. Or he could never see the NFL field. We have injured depth. At a position that is solid. It's 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 really not worth arguing over. I'm not advocating against a tackle, which is what you make it sound like. You are... You are... I'm not offended by the pick, and that bothers you. Yes. And that's okay. If, if it's going to bother you, then... Hey, I guess that's your problem. What did you guys think of Natane Moody as a pick, instead of like a tackle like we needed? Or like, or like maybe another wide receiver. I was kind of confused. I mean, I think Mims was available. Mims? I think Denzel Mims was available. Natani. I don't. Moody. No, Moody I... was picked in the fifth or the seventh or I mean sixth. I don't remember what it was. M- Mims it was, went yeah. late though. Ah, uh, did he? I'm gonna. I think I'll Mims. Back. I'll be back. Mims went late like third. Moody was sixth. I, I may be thinking, I may be getting confused with K.J. Hill. Still, yeah, they could have put that wide receiver need off and taken, not Moody, but offensive tackle higher, which is something we just keep coming back to. It seems like for not only today, but several of our last episodes, we're uh, it's going to take a while for that one to not hurt anymore. Mims was a second-round pick, so I was wrong. Yeah, but K.J., K who who KJ Hill Hill yeah KJ Hill did go later um and then there were people like uh, Devin Duvernay um and other people who went later that maybe could have gone instead of another guard but also a tackle could have gone instead of a guard who knows Trey Adams not I, him I feel mm. like fourth round fifth round pick for Elway. Those always seem to be his project picks. Maybe they'll work out, maybe they didn't. Don't, but Julius Thomas was a fourth rounder. Malik Jackson was a fifth rounder. Um, 
Jake Butt, like we talked about, injury-prone fifth rounder who has a huge upside but is constantly injured. So I feel like Elway's approach to the draft is the fifth round is where you take a flyer and a guy who's you know got a big upside but has some injury. I feel like that's kind of true of like the third round even with uh, people like Isaac Yadam and um, the corner they took prior to Isaac Yadam who was briefly a wide receiver and then off the team. Brendan um, Langley. Langley. Um, even Simmons um, was more of like an upside pick that happened to... I'm sorry, I'm, my body is trying to reject air. But yeah, Simmons was kind of an upside pick who turned out really well. Uh, so Elway likes him some gambling. Aaron, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know. We were going to talk about things that made us happy, and then we got to Natane Muti. Oh, he doesn't make me happy at all. <laughs> what about uh, Alberto? How do you guys feel about him? I was shocked, and uh, no, well, not shocked. I don't think at that point in the evening or afternoon. I don't know what point, and that's the point is that I don't remember. I thought it was kind of cool, uh, but I did. I did immediately go like I see the writing on the wall from from my boy Jake. Uh, but as far as training camp with these players goes. Um, if we're not a top half team in red zone efficiency, uh, then burn it all down. <laughs> the Noah Fant, Albert Okwebenum, Cortland Sutton, even Jerry Judy to an extent. I'm not sure about how much he was a red zone threat at Alabama, but he's able to pivot and change directions so instantaneously. Um, yeah, all of these people... And then you've got Philip Lindsay. Even Philip Lindsay hasn't, as far as I can tell, hasn't dropped a pass, and they've been tossing them his way to see what he's got going on. Melvin Gordon has a good, like all of these roles that are, would be perfect for red zone threat. If we're not, if we're not top top fifteen, I'm showing up. I'm going to protest at Dub Valley. If we're not top fifteen, we're probably looking for is it offensive coordinator number six? Yeah. But to answer your question, Dave, um, I'm pretty excited about Albert O. I don't know exactly how excited I was during the draft, but uh, it has been shaded retroactively by the things I've seen recently. Aaron, it's your turn to share. I was excited because I, um, I, I liked the idea of bringing in a guy that Drew Locke was familiar with. Uh, Locke and, and Okwebunam had a good connection when they were both at Mizzou. Um, I like the idea of bringing in someone who's familiar with a young quarterback. Uh, however, I don't like spending a pick on a tight end after you say it. Uh, how much did they give Hireman last year? Was it four million? And then another, uh, I think it's up to four million for Nick Vanette this off season. <laughs> it's like, let's just throw money at tight end after tight end and then we'll draft a tight end in every single year and and nick van it's not even good right like by all accounts he's like just dog shit like so that i think was like the biggest head scratcher of the offseason like not draft move but like free agent signing i saw that and then had no idea who he was looked into him for like three minutes and it was just like why <laughs> like what i like depth at the position i guess like in case noah fant gets hurt 
Maybe? I don't get why that made more sense than just keeping Jeff Hireman, but but this is an offensive line episode, not a tight end episode. Now we've moved on to things that make us happy. It's just general offense slash like group therapy. <laughs> we should we should kind of change up the whole format to just make it an airing of grievances and therapeutic session instead of like this interview format that we kind of adhere to. I would much prefer uh oh man, I'm gonna I'm going to go full ratchet. Oh no. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say some racist things. And oh, it's gonna please. be okay because this movie's set in the fifties and made in the seventies. What makes you happy, Aaron? Is it Albert O? Fucking lost right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dave, what makes you happy? Other, um, than, other than Judy. Other than Judy. From the draft, it's Judy. It's Albert O. Um, those are really the two picks I really like from the draft. Overall, I think this defense is going to be so awesome next year. Or this year, excuse me, this year. Um, I think we have a really good chance to see this team at least somewhat recreate the defense that we saw in 2015 and even 2016 a little bit. I, I think we just have a really a really good defense, and, and that that gives me a lot of hope for next season, that if the offense is even Same. average, yeah. <laughs> I think the defense can carry us a, a little bit. Ooh. That's the last five years mantra, baby. If the defense can be there, <laughs> if the offense could just be average, the defense can carry us. But I don't disagree. I really wish it was like something that was not that, but the realist in me knows that it's like, please just be decent, guys. Like, you don't have to be good because we have a killer defense. I just want to be able to sit through a game and not want to dab my eyes out with knitting needles or something, you know? That was oddly specific. Is Holly a knitter? No, she cross stitches. Oh, that's I don't know what that is, but that's nice. Those are tiny <laughs> needles, sewing needles. I don't know what that is, but that's nice. Now here's a thought for you guys: Do you think we are going to be able to finish an NFL? I'm still not convinced we get a season at all. I am not putting a lot of stock in that being a thing uh at this point i don't think so yeah i tend to agree the longer i watch the mlb go on the more hope i allow myself and i've talked a little bit on the uh subreddit before with some i recently i talked with 14 about it the nfl is uh you go to the city you're there for you know probably a maximum of 24, maybe 36 hours, and then you're back home. So I don't think that it's quite as dangerous as like the MLB, where you're continuously on the road, continuously in a new environment. So the risk of getting and then spreading the infection is probably lower from a travel standpoint. But then on the flip side, the nature of the game is getting up in another person's face and breathing a lot. I mean, it, 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 like if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said we're not even getting training. Um, but here we are, waiting for the uh, mid mid September for the season to start. So I think, yeah, I think I'm with you, Aaron. That hope has sprung um, a great deal in the last like 60 days. But at this point, like 
it, it's only really going to take one, like if one team gets knocked out, can they keep doing a season? Yeah, they don't really have the same kind of luxury that the MLB has, where the MLB can say, well, we're just going to make this game up later with double headers. Yeah, you, you're, you are ruining so many schedules. If like one team has, what, like how many starters would it take to, to go or a team's like where we can't even play? Uh, I think it would take one positive test, and then it's, we don't know who else has it. This thing spreads so quickly, we can't risk mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, that's, infecting that's a, a whole other team. That's that's at, at least how it should be. That should be the answer. So yeah, they have the potential to, to keep this uh, a bit more safe, I guess, or less at risk, but it takes a lot less to bring that Jenga tower tumbling down. Yep. What do you think, Dave? So I think they probably get through eight games and then try to do the playoffs. Oh. Maybe little, potentially. Um, but conspiracy theory time, I think the New England Patriots lose the first five games of the season and then give all their players COVID so they can draft Trevor Lewis. <laughs> well, if, if they could just opt out, right? Like you, you can opt out once the season starts, right? The same the same thing i assume it's the same deal or some variation of the same deal as if you opt out before or no they can't opt out can they they, they had a limit, there, there right? was a deadline but they can't stop you from not playing for medical reasons i feel like there would be some lawsuits pretty soon after that if they were like i have covid and i don't want to play and i don't feel like i should have to play and infect my uh, co-workers essentially it's probably um, if you opt out after the uh, deadline, you don't get the you don't get the benefits. Hmm. Yeah, but even still, hmm, I don't know. Maybe maybe Dave is right. Maybe that they give everybody that and give and they get Trevor Lawrence. <sighs> is Trevor Lawrence going to be good immediately, so we can all be scared, or we get like a little cushion year of 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 a rookie quarterback on the Patriots? Oh no, Tom Brady was a rookie quarterback once. He won a Super Bowl his rookie year, did he not? No, I think it was that the year after. I think when Bill when uh, Bill Belichick is involved, all bets are off. I don't like any of it. You brought us back to a depressing place, Dave. <laughs> I will say this was uh, not a thing that was not depressing, but also like much smaller than the NFL. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys watched lacrosse, but the Premier Lacrosse League started and finished its season in like inside of like two weeks and uh required all the players to live in this bubble that they established in utah and had all seven teams living in it and training in it and seven (laughs) it's a new league i mean this was the second year that it was in operation and they actually expanded to seven teams this year but uh they managed to handle the whole virus situation really well but they didn't allow, you know, people people weren't just out and about and then, like, coming and playing games. Like, everybody was living in, like, isolation. Right, and that's how the NHL and, and NBA are doing it right now, too, and that's that's working great for them. I think the NFL's ultimate goal is to just get a big enough sample size, like eight games, to see how the playoffs would play out. And then if, if things are, you know, not looking good, they'll start maybe two different playoff bubbles, one for the NFC, one for the AFC, and just run an eight-game season, 
with a playoff. I think eight games is the the game threshold, though, that the NFL wants to meet before they try to shut down the season or end the season. Who do you think? Make your predictions then. Who gets to the, who gets to the playoffs and who gets who wins the Super Bowl? I mean, the Broncos are eight to the Super Bowl. Okay, not. yeah, that's right. That's that, I forget that was your that was your policy. Is the Broncos go to the Super Bowl until proven otherwise? Okay, that's the well. This has been a super fucking downer episode, and by design. <laughs> and we hope that maybe this send off here can be a little bit more bubbly. Maybe we drag you away from the ledge that we drew, drove you to, if you're listening. Please, please, I hope that you stopped at some point. But, um, yeah, what, uh, can we all like Jerry Judy? Yeah, 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 yeah. We all like Jerry Judy, and we all are optimistic for Locke. We all can be happy about that. Aaron, do you have words you want to say? What kind of words? I don't know. Plug you're the host. We can plug the plug. We, yeah, we can pluggables, pluggles. Um, but but I wonder if Aaron had like a little like final word from the host. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Um, I'm tell me something good. I'm I'm happy that how are uh, the Lakers doing? I'm happy that we're only uh, a few weeks away from NFL kickoff. I think we're all in agreement that NFL is at least going to start, so we're going to get uh, a little bit at least of this exciting young offense. We're gonna get to experience Drew Locke and, and just the excitement of hope for this team again. Yeah, but how are the Lakers doing? I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be going to be super. Waylon, ask him how the Lakers are doing. Oh, were you were you saying to ask me or for me to ask him? Ask Waylon, ask Aaron how the Lakers are doing. He's from L.A., so you have to answer him. Hey, Aaron, how are the Lakers doing? You know, Waylon, I don't even know. I haven't, uh, I think they're playing (laughs) right now. Blowing out the Blazers right now, so good news for you. Oh, yeah, cool. That's right. That's what we like, Aaron, right? Honestly, I hate the Blazers, too. (laughs) Oh, that was the compartmentalizing I saw online of people going like, whoever wins this, we still win, or whoever loses, we still win. Well, it doesn't matter because the... The Lakers Aaron, this are going is not to a basketball win. podcast. You are the worst. You're the worst. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. What are your final parting words? Final thoughts? I, I still, despite the downer episode about the offensive line, I still have very high hopes for this team. Uh, I don't think it's a Super Bowl year, despite my, my belief, my mantra. <laughs> um, but I do believe that this team is good enough to get to the playoffs, even with a bad offensive line, because I, I believe in Drew Law and I believe he can carry this offensive line into the playoffs. Waylon, what you got? Uh, like, pluggables-wise, or just... I, I have no pluggables, uh, but I'm optimistic that we will do at least semi-decently um, if we get a season, and I'm really hoping the season doesn't get canceled. So, looking forward to that. Aaron? Uppercut. You got final thoughts? I already gave my final thoughts. I'm excited about the youth on the team and the prospect of football around the corner. Okay. Also, um, actually, I do have one more thing. I, I, In regards to the season being right around the corner, I'm excited to uh, get to work on our new uh, sort of 
ramp up schedule kind of deal that we're oh yeah talk about that being be specific yeah so we're uh one of the big things that we really want to do with this show once we get to the actual uh season uh is po it's like a post game thread except it's not a thread it's actually recording your voice and and the point of this show is we want to give you the redditors the listeners a platform uh for like 45 seconds right we um it's a post it's a post game call-in show where we yeah most come and celebrate or mauled as we see fit um and we will cycle in guests and say hello and goodbye pretty quickly but maybe not who knows I think most folks have heard uh, those kind of call-in shows on, you know, local sports radio or whatever. It's, uh, hey, how you doing? I'm Aaron from Denver, and these are my thoughts. And thanks, I'll let you guys talk. You know, that sort of thing. Not that anyone wants to listen to us talk too much, but um, I'm looking forward to that. I <laughs> wish we had a preseason to try to get used to it a little bit, but it should be fun. It'll be, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we're all gonna die slowly. <laughs> <laughs>